0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Well, hello. Hello. Are we cool? Awesome, awesome. This is week four of our series, Making the Most of It. So, I want to ask you a question this morning ask you a question online you know if you had the power to change any of your circumstances today would you definitely absolutely we all live with something that we want change right we all live with something that isn't quite working right or we'd love to have a different a different outcome but and life can be really hard sometimes and sometimes worse than hard can't it but what do you do when your circumstances don't change, when there's no magic wand, when there's like no obvious means of escape? I mean, the heat the last few days has been inescapable, hasn't it? You know, I don't know what you've done to cope with it, or what lengths you've done. I mean, we put the hot water bottles in the freezer last night and slept <laughs> with them. Seriously, somebody mentioned me and went, you need to do this. I was like... I'm so desperate, I'll do anything. So yeah, there we were, me and Russ last night with hot water, well, cold water bottles. But there you go, but we couldn't do anything about it. Nothing was gonna change the level of the heat, was it? You know, at some point that hot water bottle was gonna melt and we were gonna be left in the circumstance that we were already in. You know, we just have to go through it, don't we? But then what? Then what? Well, this is a lemon. Lemons taste sour. This is my lemon face. Oh, my goodness. Why? Can you imagine the first person that ever did that? That ever, ever did that? What were they thinking? If that wasn't me, I'd have gone, that is poison. We are never touching those things again. I don't care what they're on this earth for, but we are never, ever using them or eating them. But somebody, somebody said, do you know what? If we actually mix this with something and sweetened it a bit, I bet it would be really good. I bet it would be really good. You know, there's always an exception to the rule, isn't it? Like, my nephew eats these like apples, like, which totally turns my stomach, but he does. But the truth is, lemons are bitter, aren't they? But you can make something sweet out of them. It's a bit of work, but lemonade was born out of these. And we all know that really helpful phrase, don't we? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Yes, but we're in the midst of trouble. Who wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that? And who wants to be on the receiving end of the person who said it to you? You know, what does this phrase actually mean? You know, it's meant to be an encouragement, isn't it? For us to make the best out of difficult situations that we experience in our life, but what's the encouragement? I look at that and think, What is the encouragement for me in that? Is it to look for some kind of life lesson that helps me cope and gives me strength and knowledge to face my better future challenges? And the truth is, if I followed Jesus today, if you followed Jesus today, if you'd call yourself a Christian. Our goal, isn't it, is to seek and find God in the middle of those sour situations, isn't it? Because he's the only one that can make them sweeter. But here's what I need to keep reminding myself as a Christian. Being a Christian isn't about me having the best life experiences so if you've signed up for that let me tell you something becoming a Christian does not exempt you from life's sour lessons or life's sour experiences that's not a measure of a sweet life it's about us having our best possible life in Christ and I desire my lemons to be turned into lemonade don't you but after searching myself, do you know what? I've realised something. There is very little, if anything, in me or of me that I can do to make that any better tasting. The truth is, when all other hopes fail, when life is one big sour season for you, God is our only hope. He will bring us through. He will reveal more of himself, his love and his faithfulness in the process. But we don't like that word, process. Process. It's not all about finding the good in the messy and the difficult. It's about finding the goodness of God in the messy and the difficult. And that isn't always an easy thing to do, is it? And that's what we're going to look at today. Because part of making the most of it is making the best out of difficult situations. So how do we we respond positively to sour situations? How do we take the lemons that we've been given... How do we create lemonade and make it so tasty and so amazing that people are begging you for the recipe? Begging you for the recipe. And to help us, we're going to look at a time in the life of a guy called Paul. And he was a disciple of Jesus and loads of stuff is written about him in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And we're going to look um, at a, a time when he wrote to the, the Christians in a place called Philippi. And at this point in his life, his circumstances are less than ideal, okay? You know, if there was anyone who had a life full of lemons, it's Paul right now. Why? He's writing this from prison. People who should have been his friends were saying terrible things about him and even trying to harm him. And to top it all, his future's got a big question mark over it. He's unsure whether he's going to be released, whether he's going to be released and go back to the people who love him, whether he's going to spend the rest of his life in this prison or whether he's even going to be executed. That's pretty sour. But Paul says this. He says, I will continue to rejoice. And I want to go, Paul, how? How can you continue to rejoice? What is it about Paul's outlook that can lead him to say that? Because I can guarantee if I was in that situation, I don't think that would be the first things coming out of my mouth. And you might be listening to me today in the room, online, in our locations, and your own personal circumstances right now are ones that you wish were so, so different. Maybe you're looking at your life, even as a Christian today, and you're wondering, how is it that God can expect me to rejoice right now? And I'm hoping today that Paul's got something to teach me and teach us about his outlook, and maybe just maybe, if we can adopt some of his values, then we might start to see how these lemons can be turned into lemonade. Because the truth is, if I do life and tragedy tragedy like the world does it, how are people gonna know the difference in the God I serve or serving no God at all? I have to do life and tragedy differently. So let's take Paul's problems one by one, okay? And we're going to see exactly how he approaches these situations. And at the start of the passage we're going to read, Paul's friends in Philippi were really worried and concerned about him being in prison, like you and I would be if one of my family and my friends were suddenly found themselves there. But how much of a problem was it for Paul? Well, Philippians 1 verse 12 says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that's us as well today, okay, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And from that very first verse, we can see how Paul's outlook helps him respond positively. Why? Paul can put up with prison because it's somehow providing him with an opportunity to talk about Jesus and who he is. And in fact, the word here, advance, means to drive forward. It's like a pioneer with a big machete going through the jungle. He's carving a way for people to follow. That's what advance means in this passage. And that's how Paul is seeing it, from that prison cell. Verse 13 and 14 says this, as a result of him being here, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So Paul's explained this has happened in two ways. Now let's think about this a little minute, okay? He's chained to somebody he's in prison. If that was me, if that was you, what would your conversation be? I can tell you what mine would be. I'd be saying, listen, mate, I shouldn't be in here. Do you know how innocent I am? I've done nothing wrong to deserve this. You know him down there, he deserves it. I, have you know, I, all the time thinking if I can influence, if I can plant a seed, I'm going to get out of this. Or I'd be like, oh, couldn't get us some angel delight, could you? Oh, I'd do anything for a bowl of angel delight. I'd be trying to make my life a little bit more comfortable. I'd be trying to make my friends, okay? Paul sees it as an opportunity to talk about Jesus. And the gods took turns to be chained to Paul and to everyone who would have told them about the incredible things and the incredible change that Jesus had made and in his life to the point where they will be coming to getting to know Jesus themselves. You see, no one wants to find themselves in prison, do they? But even though this is a lemon circumstance for Paul, it's still a new circumstance, and every new circumstance brings with it new opportunities and especially if you're a Christian today, new opportunities to talk about. Jesus. And maybe your own situation isn't what you'd want it to be right now. Maybe it wasn't on your bucket list of things that you'd want to accomplish before you got to the age of 50. Maybe you don't live where you want to live. Maybe you don't work where you want to work. Maybe your children aren't behaving like you'd want your children to behave. But instead of allowing ourselves to be bitter and sour about it, maybe we need to recognise that there are opportunities for you where you currently are especially when God might have somebody else you need to show Jesus to. First benefit. Second benefit happened outside of the imprisonment. Remember, gave people confidence to dare to talk about Jesus. Paul's example gave the people outside of his prison cell a bit more backbone, some courage. The local church is looking at Paul and they're probably thinking, well, if he's willing to get locked up for Jesus then let's not shrink back in fear, let's keep speaking up. What's Paul doing? He's squeezing his lemon. He's squeezing his lemon. He's the first thing we need to do. Squeeze. Have conviction. Have conviction. Squeeze that lemon out. It's really powerful when people have conviction, you know. It really shows you, doesn't it, how strongly somebody believes in something. And it demonstrates the strength and the depth to which those convictions go. And every one of us will have somebody in our world right now, in our circle, that we have the opportunity to influence and encourage. What would people look at my life right now? What would they say about it? What would they say I really believe in? Do they see my willingness to live how Jesus would want me to? The sacrifice, my conviction. When my life becomes rocky, can they see the perseverance? Can they see my ultimate trust in what? In God's goodness. You see, having a conviction in my faith has a real effect on other people. It's inspiring, isn't it? You will know people who've inspired you. You've watched them go through situations. You've watched them go through circumstances. You've thought, how are they doing that? How are they holding it together? How can they get up in the morning? It's inspiring. And let me tell you, people in our world, people in your world are crying out today, I want to be inspired. Help me make lemonade out of the things that are happening in my life. They don't know. They don't know. Paul's faithfulness to God, even under the most trying and sour of situations, was having an incredible effect. So if prison wasn't a problem for Paul, what about the hurtful things being said about him? Let's go back to his letter. It is true, he's saying, that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. You see, some people seem to be saying, Paul, if you're all you're cracked up to be, if this is all it's meant to be, then why are you in prison? And here's a truth that sadly, Christians can be really hurtful to each other, you know, even within churches. And you may have experienced that today. You know, in fact, it might be the thing that's preventing you from even reconnecting back to God right now. It's one of our biggest challenges, isn't it? When the sour taste in our mouth has been caused by somebody else. Maybe a betrayal, maybe a lie, or any other hurt caused by another human being can be often where I miss the mark. You see, I'm blown away by Paul's ability to overlook personal injury. He's not saying these people are justified in what they're doing. Do not read that and do not hear that. He's not excusing them. Because I'm sure if Paul had been out of prison, he'd had some really strong words to say to them. Probably did when he got out. They're just not recorded for us. But let me tell you, Paul defers to a bigger picture, a higher realm, a picture where Jesus fills his horizon. The third thing. What about the anxiety caused by an uncertain future? Prison can't knock him. People being jerks can't bring him down. What about that abyss sometimes that we feel of not knowing where our future holds? What's he got to say about that? For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. Wow. He hopes he'll be released, but he knows there's a possibility that he might die. And being stuck in that unknown space can really do your head in, can't it? It can really mess with you. And many of us can understand maybe where Paul is right now. I mean, remember, we've got the luxury of looking back and knowing what the outcomes are, but when you're sitting in that moment... As Paul was there, with such uncertainty written over you. And you could say the future's really unclear, and so I'm really struggling right now, Jane. It's really hard to be brimming with positivity right about now. I'd really like to, but it's really difficult for me. But Paul says, doesn't he, despite the lack of certainty, he will continue to rejoice. Why? Now, this is really important. Why? Because it really makes a difference if Jesus is involved. It really makes a difference if Jesus is involved. And as far as Paul is concerned, both paths are an opportunity for him to show Jesus. Let's see where he goes on to finish and says, for for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. If he lives, he will continue to honour Jesus, but if he dies, Paul will die in his name and go and spend eternity with him that's incredible isn't it to be facing death and have that amount of confidence it makes it bearable for Paul is it an approach that's too hard for me is that an approach that's too hard for you do you know what it was equally as hard for Paul. I think sometimes we think about these people in the Bible and go, oh, it was okay for them. They got this incredible connection to Jesus. Of course, they were going to float for life and manage you. Do you know what? It was equally as hard for Paul because to make lemonade after squeezing the lemon, we have to dilute the juice. Okay? We have to dilute the juice. And what does that mean? To me, that means the second thing we have to do is dilute. Ask for help. Ask for help. That's why Paul, in those verses, he asks for supernatural help from God, but he also asks for help from people. He also asks for people in Philippi to pray for him. He not only leans into the provision of God, but he leans into the provision of people that God has put around him. And you might be amazed at what God will do when the time comes, if we do that. But listen, just diluting the juice isn't enough. Listen, if I taste this, she says with trepidation, that is still taking my breath away. Okay, I've diluted the juice, what do we need to do? What is the secret to keeping your sanity when you don't know the future? Here it is. We need to add sugar. This is the God ingredient. This is the God ingredient. This is going to sweeten it up. And why is that important? Listen, we need to know that Jesus is going to be there no matter which path you find yourself on. Paul was confident of that. Whether I live or I die, Jesus is going to be in both. Jesus is going to be in both. Just think forward a month a year, maybe 10 years, do you know what? You may not know what you're gonna be doing, you may not even know where you're gonna be, but wouldn't it be amazing to know who you're gonna be doing it with? Who you're gonna be doing it with? For me, I know that to be with Jesus and to have know that Jesus is with me makes the big question mark of my future just a little less scary. See, see, Paul knew how to make lemonade out of his lemons. First, he squeezed them, then he diluted them, and then he added that special ingredient which gave the lemonade the distinctive flavor, that particular flavor, the God ingredient. And then, do you know what? Paul discovered that his lemons might not be so bitter after all. And I can see three promises when life gives me lemons from Paul's example today. One, God is near always, always near. Secondly, God is good no matter how bad it feels. Do you know what? God isn't good, then bad, then good, then bad. He's good all of the time. He's forever good. And we can say, do you know what I can say? This doesn't feel good this morning, but I know that you are. God is faithful. So I'm gonna take us back to that really unhelpful phrase we started with, do you remember? When life gives you lemons make lemonade. So, when? It's not a matter of lemons, not a matter of if trouble will show up, it's going to. It's a matter of when. Listen, these are inevitable. Inevitable. And instead of hoping that they never show up, maybe, maybe I just need to be better prepared for them when they do. Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, I have told you these things. Why? So that in me, You may have peace. In this world, you will have lemons, but take heart. I've overcome the world. When life, lemons come from life, either from our own or other people's choices, but sometimes some things way outside of our control, too. But no matter where they come from, you need to know this today. They do not come from God. God does not give lemons he takes them away or he helps us work through them. James says this in 1 verse 13, no one undergoing a trial, no one holding a lemon today should say, I'm being tempted by God since God is not tempted by evil and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. When life gives, it's true life gives us lemons but do you know what it's not true that we have to keep possession of them just like they are they don't need to stay like this when life gives you the lemons i have a trouble enough i don't want yours <laughs> but i don't shouldn't expect you to take possession of mine either but I should ask for your help with them. I don't give them to you to own them. I give them to share them with you to help me work through them. We need to deal with our lemons, okay? When life gives you the lemon, don't deny they're existing. They're sour. Do you know what? If we sit in it long enough, we'll start to smell like it. Don't deny that they exist, but also don't sit in it long enough that everything becomes sour. Meditating on them gives them more power. Listen, except the lemon exists, it's gonna be sour, but there is a God that is greater than your lemon. So when life gives you lemons, make. The first thing we tend to do is we wanna pray for God to take the lemon away. And sometimes he does that praise him when he does but if it doesn't happen what I do is I'm blaming God and saying we've not taken that lemon away I've keep giving it to you but you're not taking it away maybe it's because he wants me to do something with it maybe he wants me to squeeze it maybe he wants it me to do something with it so he can create something out of it listen if I never squeezed the lemon where would my lemon meringue pie be it never would be made When life gives you a lemon as an ingredient into your life, ask God what he may want to create from it. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. So listen, once we've squeezed the lemon and we've diluted it and we've added the sugar, we've made our lemonade. So what does this mean for us? This is where it could go pear-shaped. We squeeze the lemon, okay? We squeeze the lemon. We look at what the life lesson is God may be asking us to work with. What God are you trying to teach me with this, God? No matter how painful and how sour it will be, and I'm not underestimating some of the circumstances, some of you in the room, some of you in our locations and online today are going through, okay? I'm not belittling that at all, but we need to able to squeeze it to get the juice out. I can't do anything to get the juice out. Then what I need to do, I need to dilute it. I need to dilute it. How do I do that? I ask for help. From where? From you and from the Word of God. I need to get my head into the Bible. God will have something to say about the experience you are going through. Can I still drink it like this? I'm still tasting the lemon. What do I need to do? We need to add the God ingredient. We need to add the sugar. We need to sweeten it. This is what's gonna make the change. Because what was once a bitter taste in my mouth is now... Cheers. Do you know what? That ain't half bad. (laughs) I was worried about that. It shows that what can become and start off as a bitter taste in our mouths can actually start to taste really sweet. And I just want to tell you something, just finishing this morning before we see what God wants to do. Something happened in my life a very long time ago, um, probably about 33, 34 years ago now, which had such a significant impact on my life. It soured everything. Now, I didn't know it was gonna sour everything, but it did. It tainted everything. It was so, so bitter that it came through into my relationships, it infiltrated into my marriage, it infiltrated into my decision making. Everything was overshadowed by that experience. Such a long, long lasting impact. And for a long time, I sat holding this lemon. And I loved it. I don't mean loved it as enjoyed it, but I built everything around my lemon. But at the core of me was always something sour, was always something sour. And then I realised, let me tell you, 20, 25 years later that I couldn't make this any sweeter. I had to do something with it. So what did I do? I diluted it. I got some help. I asked for help. Do you know what? Asking for that piece of help in my life is probably one of the most hardest conversations I've ever had to have. Ever had to have. When you squeeze something, listen, it's painful. It takes strength. It takes character. And then seeing what comes out, you dilute it. You ask for help. So I did that. And then I began to add the sweetener. Little by little, I began to ask God and invite God to do what only He can do, which is make a miracle, which is take what's in here and make it palatable and make it usable and strengthen it and use it purposefully. Now, I will never, ever forget that experience. And I can still taste the sourness of the lemon sometimes. But you know what? That sense and that taste and that sourness is not the overpowering taste that it once was. God has sweetened that experience for me and and He can sweeten that experience for you. And when I look back at my life now, do you know the work I do with FaZe? The work I do every day with people like Hannah, listen, that is a testament to the God ingredient. Listen, the way my marriage is today, the way it's securely held together, the love that Russ and I have for each other, do you know what? That's a testament to the God experience. That's a testament to the lemonade that He's making. When I look at who I am today as a person, not perfect by any shadow of a doubt, but I am a testament today to the God ingredient of the sweetness and the goodness of God. And you can know that today too. So as we finish today, I wanna ask you, does anybody in the room today feel like they're holding a lemon? Does anybody feel like they're holding a lemon? Because I wanna pray for you. and I want you to feel really brave and I'd wanna ask you to stand because I want to pray for you. If you feel that you're holding a lemon right now and you want God to turn that into a sweeter experience for you, he can do that. I am testament to that. There'll be people in the room that are testament to that today. I'm going to ask you, if you feel like you're holding a lemon, would you be courageous and would you stand? Thank you. Thank you. If life is giving you a sour situation right now, I want to pray for you. And I want to see yourself holding a lemon, okay? I don't know where you are in this process. I don't know whether you're right at the start and you've never invited God to work with this thing in your life or whether it's something that you've been talking to God about for a long time. It doesn't matter. And I want you to make a decision right now over your lemon. Do you need to dilute it or do you need to add sugar to it? do you need to go and ask for help today? Do you need to either invite somebody to pray with you? There's a prayer team available today that would love to pray with you about your limits. And do you need God and inviting God in to sweeten that experience for you? So I want you to see you're holding that lemon and I'm going to pray. To see yourself offering that to God right now. And as I'm praying, just imagine what I've done today, that you're pouring water into that to dilute it. And then you're adding the sugar, which is the sweetness and the goodness of God. Father, I want to thank you today. Father, I want to thank you for who you are making me to be. Lord, the experiences that I've been through. father I know I can talk about this with true integrity today because I know that you can do this and I've seen you do it countless times in people and father you can do it for the people standing right now today that you can turn something positive out of a sour situation so father I ask for boldness and courage that father they would start to dilute that sourness and ask for help Father, by asking, calling out to you or by going and asking somebody today to pray for them or by making a phone call or whatever they need to do to dilute that sourness, Father, I pray you give them courage to do that. And Father, we want to invite you. We want to invite your sweetness right now into that cup that as that juice has been squeezed, as it's been diluted down, Father, you are that special ingredient that transforms everything, that changes everything and anything into a sweeter tasting. So Holy Spirit, I invite you to come right now. And would you do that? Your word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We give our lemons to you, Jesus, because you make the best lemonade. In Jesus' name, amen.